You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. What up, folks? This is Michael Bumpus along with Nasty Chobie, and this is Hawk Talk, the recap edition. The Seahawks beat the Falcons 38-25 to in a week one opener in the ATL. They did their thing, and like we usually do, we got to holler at Big Ray Roberts. How you doing this morning, sir? Feeling like a villain, dude. Feeling pretty good uh, after a good Seahawks win. After a great Seahawks win. Just tell me your overall thoughts on how the Seahawks perform. Me personally, I'm like, okay, week one is going to be sloppy. I was expecting worse than what I saw, to be honest. What did you see out of there? I was really surprised, too. I, 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 I thought they would come out and play okay just because the Seahawks tend to take situations like this as like, they tend to have like a real business like attitude around it so it, it made me think about when they went to London to play and just the, the mental approach that they had to it uh compared to what Oakland uh had you know when they when they were coming over there so I, I felt like they would come out and play okay I just didn't expect the dominant performance uh that I saw and so that that was uh surprising and pleasing all at the same time yeah dominant performance and they dominated in a different way we're used to seeing this team really run the football only 20 runs, 35 passes. Were you surprised? Are you concerned? How do you feel about that stat? I, I was a little bit surprised just because, you know, uh, with the running backs that they have, they have some, you know, Carlos Hyde and, and, and Chris Carson are going to make a really good one-two punch. Uh, however, uh, the thing that was the most surprising was the, was the amount of times they threw the ball and how frequently they threw it, like in the situations they threw the ball, like, the Seahawks are normally kind of defensive-minded teams, and so they tend to kind of protect the ball and, and not take as many chances. But you can clearly see that that has shifted a bit and that the, 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 the command of this offense is, is clearly in the hands of Russell Wilson and, the, and the, this team, this entire team now, not just the offense is built around uh, Russell Wilson's play. And I think you can see that in the, the aggressive aggressive defensive play they had you know with uh i think jamal adams rushed the quarterback 10 times uh got a sack and a couple hits and was really disruptive the whole game like as great as russell played uh jamal adams really jumped off the screen like it was just like it's, it's not like you take russell for for granted but it was just like wow like this dude jamal adams is like all over the place so they had two really dominant performances on both sides of the ball and both both um uh, the way they played off in the defense lended itself to putting the ball in the hands of Russell Wilson. You know, Ray, I see Russell Wilson and Jamal Adams as good cop, bad cop, right? Russell's the good cop. <laughs> hey, guy, you want some coffee? I got you, man. <laughs> Jamal Adams a bad cop. He's getting that information out of you quick. Um, so me personally, Ray, I think that maybe this is just like any other football season. It's a week-by-week week situation, right? I can't yeah. see the Seahawks just throwing the ball 35, 40 times a week. If Chris Carson averages six to seven carries a game, how far can this team really go? Do you think they're eventually we're eventually going to see that offense that we saw last year? No, I don't. I don't think we're gonna. I don't think the Seahawks are going to go back to uh, just this ground and pound kind of a thing. And then I think they had that number where they had 
they they totaled their number of completions and their number of rushes, and it had to come up to like 51 or 52, and then that tended to give them uh, a greater chance of winning. I do think that you're going to see them throwing the ball around a little a little more. Obviously, the the run game is going to and they're going to get more carries. I think this game just dictated uh, that that Russell was going to throw the ball uh, more, but they have to find some balance because. The running game, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna throw the ball around like that, there's gonna be games where the other team's gonna be throwing the ball around or they're gonna be scoring points and it's gonna be a shootout and you gotta find a way to close the game. And sometimes that that happens in the running game where you can just melt the clock and and, and you know, take another team's will. So I I think it'll balance out a little bit, but I don't think we're gonna go back to that, you know, three yards in a cl- uh, cloud of dust uh that we're used to seeing with the Seahawks running game, but I think it'll be something different. The thing I did like is that they were getting the ball to the running backs, or at least Chris Carson, out on the out on the edge. So they were setting up yeah. screens, getting them out, getting some guys in front of them. So it's kind of like I don't like when people say it, but I'll say it. It's kind of like a long handoff, uh, and then yep. you get the guys in front of them. And now the, those big linemen are taking on DBs <laughs> and not defensive linemen and, and linebackers. And Chris Carson is is uh, is not a good sight for those guys coming downhill. I would not want a DB, and I got Posick running at me, you potty, <laughs> Dwayne Brown. I mean, no, sir, I'm going to go right around. That's what happened in that screen, too. DBs were like, no, thank you. I'm going to run around these big boys. So talking about that offensive line, what were your impressions? Impressions? This is a new offensive line. You got Posick at center. Uh, Damian Lewis struggled at times, but I feel like he did okay. You got Shell on the other side. Um, what's your overall impressions of the offensive line play? I thought they, I thought, you know, Dwayne Brown and Yapati did their normal thing. Like they just played, Yapati may have had a few, uh, you know, uh, mess ups here and there, mistakes here and there. But uh, I was really impressed that uh, when, you, for an offensive lineman, when people aren't saying your name, that's a good thing. <laughs> and so <laughs> you weren't hearing anything of the, the commentators weren't talking about Posick. They weren't, they weren't really talking about Shell. The only the only guy that kind of got some some noise was the the rookie because he had three penalties, but he was playing really good football. Like he didn't look the he didn't look shell shocked by playing over uh, Jarrett, who's like one of the best run stopping defensive linemen in the league. Uh, uh, he didn't look um, you know disrupted by the penalties. Like he came came right back and played good football. I think they started out slow with some of the pressures, but I think they kind of uh, made some adjustments and got going. I think you will see like that type of game for the next couple of weeks where there's going to be moments where they're not as sharp and then other moments where they look really, really good. And I think that's just because they're gelling together. Overall, I think this is a much better offensive line than they had last year, and, and it has the potential to be one of the best offensive lines they had in a while uh, because they have very they have some young players mixed with some older players. They have some athleticism. They have some size. They can, you know, they can get out and run in front of screens, or they can get out and pound and ground the football uh, between the tackles. And so, I, I'm, I have some very high expectations for this team uh, heading, heading, you know, down the stretch into this season for this offensive line. Yeah, I'm with you, Ray. I think an example of them getting better is, I believe, all three sacks came in the first half. After that, they kind yeah. of settled down and started to, to really start to work off of each other. So, yeah, and if you. Th- if you think about it, the one sack was like a, just a great play on a on a boot by by Atlanta. Uh, that was probably yeah. one covered sack, and then and then uh, then someone gave up the sack. So if you really think about it, they they pretty play they played pretty good football the entire game. Yep, I'm with you. All right, we know Russell's special. 
right? We we know he's special. He did a lot of special things yesterday. He was 31 of 35, only four incompletions, four touchdowns. Is there anything specific that stuck out to you about his play yesterday? The thing I was paying attention to was what he was doing at the line of scrimmage. And uh, and so in, in the pre-snap uh, phase of the, of the play, and you could see him a little bit at times orchestrating a little more than he had in the past, which then tells me that this whole talk that we keep hearing about him having more command of the offense and, and understanding it more deeply and having more control over it, uh, that then was really, uh, you know, was made to be true because you could see him doing that at the line of scrimmage. You know, the, the word is on that fourth down play uh, that he noticed that the defense was celebrating, just made kind of eye contact with Shoddy and and then and then called the play to go to, to take the shot for, for DK. And so I don't know that the Seahawks would have done that in the past. I don't know if they would have given him the ability, uh, the ability to do that, and uh, and so you can see that. And then the other thing I really liked, which was really subtle, was his speeding up the uh, the the, the uh, getting to the ball. Like there were times where they made like a you know ten or twelve yard uh, gain, and then he got the guys back in and out of the huddle really fast and back to the line of scrimmage. I like them changing up the tempo like that because Russell tends to yeah. play really well when the tempo is is picked up a little bit, and so. All the signs that we see that this uh, about giving Russell more control of the offense, all the talk that we've heard, you actually saw it in action in the game, and that's a good sign. Yeah, I'm with you. I love the tempo, and that's a great observation, Ray. When when does Russ? When has he shown that he's playing at a super high level late in the game when it's on the line and they're and they're they're forcing that tempo on the defense? So yeah, I agree with you there, Ray. Um, now I know it's only week one, right? We got one game to kind of dissect and get our opinions on this football team. But based off of what you saw, what do you think the ceiling is for this this squad? Well, I mean, I, I think if if they do not let like let's say you go through the season, you have one, you know, Russell has one bad game. And they if, if they don't let that scare them back into how they played in the past, I think the the the, the Super Bowl is the ceiling for this team. I, I think the, the defense the defensive line uh, and the way they were getting out to the quarterback with their scheming and stuff with Jamal Adams and Blitzen and, and some of the things they were doing, I think as the season goes on, uh, they're going to get better and better at that. I mean, they're not going to be like the world's greatest pass rushing team, but they're not going to be uh, silent like they were last year. And then with Jamal and Bobby uh, and and Diggs, uh, I just I just there's just playmakers all over the place. And so I, I think it's going to be a solid defense, even though all year long. It's going to be, you know, probably a game-to-game thing as far as the pass rush is concerned. Offensively, with Russell and and the health of Carson and Carlos Hyde and the offensive line getting better and better, I just I just think this may be one of the more uh, prolific offensive we've seen here in in a, you know two or three years, just because I think it's going to be opened up a little bit more. And then throwing the ball like that is going to open up more lanes for them to run the ball. So they're they're going to have to respect Russell throwing the ball, and so they're going to have to put more coverage out there. And so it's going to make it a little easier to run the ball between the tackles. They threw the ball. Philip Dorsett wasn't there. You're still waiting on Josh Gordon. And we really haven't seen what they can do when they have to run the ball, when they choose to run the ball. So the ceiling is high for this team, just like Ray said. Ray, we appreciate you taking time out your day. We'll holler at you again, man. Well, thanks for having me, Bumpus, the, the kid from Washington State, diving in the corner of the end zone for the touchdown. And uh, looking forward to talking to you next week. Let's get it. All right, brother. All right. That was Ray Roberts. You're going to talk football. You got to highlight offensive linemen, man. They know they know a lot about the game and they don't get a lot of love. So now let's get into the main 
takeaways and NASA Choby. We played some real football yesterday. I there was a there's a moment where I didn't think this was gonna happen. Even I, I almost didn't believe it until the ball was kicked off. And I'm like, okay, let's get it. Well, it's been such a crazy couple months for everyone involved, especially here at the VMAC and getting stuff done. So for us, like you said, to actually get to the stadium early, even though we weren't in Atlanta, but to get to CenturyLink, get the pregame show going, get through all that and actually have football on a Sunday. Everything is right with the world bump. Everything's right. Now, my one of my concerns was, OK, what's what's the quality of ball that's going to be played? Right. They haven't been able to do preseasons. They did some mock games, not really tackling. There were some missed tackles, but that just happens in a football game. Uh, what was the quality of play like to you? I think it was great. Honestly, like I was really concerned about that. I was concerned about special teams. We talked about that on the preview podcast. And honestly, once the game started, especially the offense, how quickly they got going, it didn't seem like there was any rust whatsoever. And then, obviously, Jamal Adams pops. We'll talk about him. And defensively, it just felt like people were playing fast. I mean, yeah, there was yeah. a couple missed tackles here, but we didn't see any block punts. We didn't see any muff punts. We didn't see any block kicks, things like that. No big returns in the special teams game. So it was way higher level than I expected. And honestly, I think that was pretty much throughout the league. Yeah, I was reminded yesterday that these guys are professionals because there was mm-hmm. a Saturday where college football was playing <laughs> and all those mistakes. I'm like, goodness gracious, oh, yeah. is, this, is this what Sunday is going to look like? But they remind you real quick, like, look, we are in this league for a reason. There's only about 1,600 of us, mm-hmm. and there's there's a, a lot more playing college ball. So they show these guys are professionals. Now, Russell Wilson was doing his thing on Sunday. Um, probably one of the best games I've ever seen out of him. He completed, what, 88 Mm-hmm. Almost 89% of his passes only had four incompletions. Two of those things, I think, were drops. So he could have finished a little higher than that. Um, what are your thoughts on Russell Wilson? And can he keep this play up? That's the thing. Like, can we expect this every week? Or is this just something that that happened and he'll he'll float around this level of efficiency? But what are your thoughts on Russell? It's hard not to think that he's going to play like that every week. I mean, we've seen it. Like, last season, he was playing at an unbelievably high level. He wasn't turning yeah. the ball over. And... I'm not going to say he started to struggle, but he had a couple games where he wasn't 80% completion percentage and things like that. So honestly, I don't know if he's going to hit 31 of 35 every week, but I expect (laughs) it to be around that high. You look at the guys he's got around him with Lockett and Metcalf and Carson and Hyde, and you got the tight ends with Olsen and Disley and Hollister and Luke Wilson. So like, honestly, I think he's kind of, he's moved the bar up. He he's moved the bar for himself. And I honestly expect him to play it somewhat of that level all season long. And we already know he has the best deep ball in the NFL. I mean, that ball to DK Metcalf, I mean, it's just. So I expect Russell to play at that level almost all year. And if he does, I mean, I think there might be a little award in store for him at the end of the year. Come on, Russ. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Now, we can't we can't not talk about this guy on defense. I mean, in the first series, I believe he got a quarterback hit and he got um Almost a pass breakup on Julio Jones. He definitely deterred the pass from being completed. But Jamal Adams was everywhere. I mean, he's as good as advertised. I heard Brock Hewitt talk about it earlier. He goes, you know what, at first, I didn't like the two first-round picks. But after a first that first series, um, he's bought in. I'm bought in. Are you bought in? I mean, I'm absolutely bought in. Coming from, like, the DB side of things, I mean, he's just so fun to watch play. Like, he's the dude that jumps off your screen. We talked about this at the postgame show. You will feel it at your home. You will feel it wherever you're at. You'll feel it at the stadium. <laughs> Jamal Adams is the real deal. I mean, he can do everything, He whether it's rushing the pass or where it's being a deep safety where he is in the box. And he's just so instinctive that when the ball is snapped, he's making plays in the backfield. I mean, how many safeties do you see that are always making plays at the line of scrimmage? I mean, he is I mean, just – 
unreal. So, yeah, I'm 100% bought in. And the thing about the draft picks, no one, you're not going to tell them you're going to find a kid out of college in the first round that can be that man. Nah. So, yes, no, he's not. worth every penny. See, if we weren't in a professional setting, if I was with my colleagues, I would have been hooting and hollering, yelling, mm -hmm. screaming at the TV. So I had to keep my cool a little bit because we were at work. But watching this dude play, it's infectious. I saw Diggs. Diggs kind of fed off of that. You see him flexing after a play and coming down and smacking dudes. There was a series there <laughs> where I felt like Lano made a play, smacked a dude. Bobby made a play. Jamal made a play. And it's like they're all feeding off that energy, man. I love it. Jamal. Let's get this thing going. Um, however, when it was time to make plays, the defense got off the field, holding the Falcons to 0-3 on, on fourth downs, which is huge. Um, I think that when you do that, you just take a team's soul. It's like, especially after the, the, the third one, you're just like, there's nothing we can do against this defense. They may have given up a lot of yards, but when it was time to make big, big plays, this defense stepped up. Oh, absolutely. And, and honestly, once the game got to 31 to 12, that's when Atlanta got most of their yards. And yeah. let's be real. We were there. The Seahawks were facing Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and that Gage kid. So that receiving core is one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. So they best trio in the league. I'm, I'm saying it right now. Best <laughs> trio in the league. Yeah. And, and you're, you're probably not wrong. I mean, they were doing some special things. So once the game got out of hand, in my opinion, it was 31 to 12 is kind of when they really started to rack up those yards. But even being said, like you said, when it came down to it, push come to shove fourth down, they're able to get off the field. And that just feeds up. That just pumps up the defense, gets everyone going, demoralizes that offense. And honestly, at that point, I feel like the Seahawks kind of were in their heads and they knew that that's what, you know, the game was going to be a wrap pretty much. In, back in the day in high school, when I played safety, Whenever we got a team off the field, I'm yelling, get off the field. Uh -huh. <laughs> I wonder what Jamal was saying to them dudes, Woo, getting them could, off the field. He had to have said something, right? Oh, man, you could tell. Every, after every play, you could see 33, and his lips were moving for sure. He let them know. <laughs> not, don't, you don't even have to bring out the punt team. We'll just give it to our offense three <laughs> times. So get ready. Let's go. Uh, I love it. All right, let's go over to the top performers. We talked about them already. Russell Wilson, 31 of 35, 322 yards. Four touchdowns, three carries for 29 yards. And I like the design of that big carry he had for 23 yards. Put Russell in a jet kind of. It's called, we call it orbit when he goes behind the uh, the quarterback in the motion. He fakes the handoff, crossing his face to his right. I believe he's reading that in. That in crashes. Now he has the option to either toss it to Tyler Lockett or keep it. The flat defender flies to Tyler Lockett. There's a gap there. He got his knees up. It's not 2014 Russell running, all right, but he still got a little juice. It was nice to see him open up a bit. No, no you love to see that because that just is another thing, another wrinkle that defenses have to account for, right? So not only is Russell throwing the ball all over the yard, I mean, he had he set, became the fifth uh, quarterback in NFL history to rush for 4,000 yards, and he became the 11th player in league history with 30,000 passing yards through his first nine seasons. So we know what he can do with his arm. We know he's the best deep-throwing quarterback in the league. We know he can do with the line of scrimmage so to add an extra wrinkle of him still being a threat with his legs is just going to make defensive coordinators want to pull out their hair all off the league and him doing that i believe is going to open up the run game um next week because he's going to hold that defensive end that end's not going to be able to crash down on the zone going away from him like we kind of saw jamal adams do when he lined up he was man he was backside we'll get to jamal i mean we can talk about <laughs> jamal all day this one's about russell okay but him showing that he can still run is going to open things up all right, Chris Carson had six catches for 46 yards, two touchdowns, six carries for 21 yards. Pete Carroll says Carson has some of the best hands on the team. 
that first reception he had, that one hand, left hand on the mm-hmm. sideline, mm-hmm. got upfield, uh, showed that. And it showed how versatile he can be. He did have 37 catches last year. But instead of pounding it, pounding it, uh, he showed that he can be a factor in the pass game as well. And the good thing about him is, is not only did he make that one-handed catch, he's not like anyone else. He got a one-handed catch, made a nice little play, step out of bounds. No, he's catching that ball and looking to yeah. punish any defensive back, anyone coming up to make the play. So if we get Russ go or Carson going again in all that check down games, I think he's going to have – you know, he could have 50 to 60 catches this year, and that's just going to help expand everything. Ray kind of talked about it. Some of those plays can kind of almost be like an outside run, but Chris Carson getting the ball in space, coming downhill is a nightmare for defenders. Yep, and we can't forget about Bobby. It's You know, it's almost refreshing that you can talk about someone else on defense playing at a high level, and then you can still get to Bobby, and Bobby played at a high level. Seven tackles, two tackles for losses. Uh, two passes defended, one hit stick. If you don't know what a hit stick is, folks, that's a game in Madden. When you're playing Madden, you pop that joystick. Boom, he runs through somebody. That's exactly what Bobby Wagner did. I saw a Bobby Wagner who felt comfortable with what was behind him, and he was allowed to really take those run reads and be aggressive. What did you see? I mean, Bobby, he just, to me, he was explosive. He was incredibly explosive. There's a couple stops where he had where he just shot the gap and was gone. And, um, He's always been good in coverage. We know that. He had two PBUs, which is great. And just to me, I feel like, you know, last year he obviously had a great season. The year before, he's an all-pro. Like, Bobby is – the league knows he's the, one of the top out there. He's probably the undisputed best linebacker in the NFL. But the thing that jumped yeah. out to me was just his explosion. I think he's got that explosiveness back, and I expect him to be a huge factor, help with those sack numbers, and just kind of get things going. But definitely explosion from him. All right, before we get to the receiver roundup, I'm going to read off these Jamal Adams stats because we got to do it. 12 tackles, one sack, two QB hits, two tackles for loss. And like you mentioned in the notes here, Nass, endless amount of trash talk. Love the dude. Love it, man. He's just so exciting, man. Like, we're going to be talking about this dude all year. It's going to be a love affair for the 12s, for everyone (laughs) around. But, like, honestly, when the defense lines up, I'm looking to find where 33 is. Where's 33 doing? Where's he going? Because – and the – Offenses are going to have to plan for that anytime. Where is 33 on the field? And honestly, at times, it didn't feel like Atlanta was doing that because he was making plays everywhere. He was in the backfield. He was not being blocked by anyone. And, I mean, I guess it's hard to block that man. But still, I mean, he's someone (laughs) you have to find out where 33 is because he's going to fill up the stat sheet each and every week. It was, it was almost like Atlanta didn't believe the hype. They're like, yeah, whatever, he's just another player. Or we're just going to stick to our game plan. And they didn't really adjust. Whenever he walks up to the line of scrimmage and you're running away from him, meaning that that tackle or that tight end that's on his side is going to crash down and just let him chase down the running back on the backside, it's going to be a long day. So I would expect those tackles to peel off and start blocking him or for them to, to send a tight end his way or something. If they don't, then we should expect this type of play every single week from Jamal Adams. So now let's get into the receiver roundup. All right, DK had four catches for 95, one touchdown. Now you look at the stats, you're like, man, DK balled out. He had plays where he balled out, but I'm sure he's hitting himself in the head because there was a ball that he dropped that was right to him. I believe it was a curl uh, going across the middle. It was one that was behind him, a difficult catch, but I expect DK to make those catches. He did have a good game. He let a couple get away, but knowing DK and how he works, he's going to correct those things. Oh, absolutely. And like you said, if if we feel like DK didn't play his best football on Sunday, he had, he had 95 yards and a tide. So, I mean, the ceiling <laughs> yeah. for this dude is unbelievable, and we, we know what he can do. If, you, if you're a defense and you put one corner on him and you're going to play him straight one-on-one, I will take that matchup 
each and every single day with the best deep thrower in the game, Russell Wilson, DK getting off the line. And if, you, if you're going to give a one-on-one uh, jump ball situation, it's a wrap. So I expect DK to, like we said before, to still have an amazing year. He's going to go over 1,000 yards, I think, for sure. But, yeah, I would look for him to have a big game against the Patriots next week. In the words of Steve Rabel during the broadcast, you're going to guard DK one-on-one, forget about it. Mm-hmm. It's a wrap. Tyler Lockett had eight for 92. He had eight catches and eight targets. Like I said before the game, this is the dude who makes this whole thing go. Like DK is is the flashy Ferrari, but you need that consistent day-to-day. And that's what Tyler Lockett is. Whenever the ball was thrown to him, it was caught. He's consistent. He doesn't, doesn't say much, doesn't really show emotion when he plays every now and then. He will, but you need a Tyler Lockett Mr. Reliable on your on your team. Oh, absolutely. Like you said, the, the thing I love, and we, we talked about this almost every single week last year, eight targets, eight receptions. Yep. He is Him and Russell have the top uh, QB rating, passer rating to each other in the NFL, and it shows up each and every week. Yep. Chris Carson has six for 45. Demo had three for 28. He also got a, a nice little reverse where he mm-hmm. dropped it, picked it up, and still gained about eight to 12 yards. I like how they're using Demo. It's, yeah. it's like, look, okay, what do, you, what do you do well? Your run after the catch is one of the best in our football team. So we're going to give you reverses. We're going to throw these smoke screens, and we're going to put you on pump return where he had a nice return for about 12 to 15 yards as well. I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Demo. Yeah, and Demo's kind of been the forgotten guy in this. You know, once we brought in Philip Dorsett, you know, uh, people kind of just assumed that that was number three receiver is going to be Philip's job. Demo's still there. He's still very active, like you said, in pump returns. And I think, again, this is expanding that offense. You see Demo come in motion. If we go to that play enough, it's going to get those edge def- defenders thinking just a little bit more, and that's when you slip behind them for another big play. So I love, love what we're seeing out of Demo. Yes, sir. Greg Olson had four targets, four catches for 24 yards and a touchdown. His touchdown catch was an example of Russell knowing what he's seeing and anticipating that throw. He got, you hear Greg Olson talk, he got banged off the line of scrimmage. There was a defender who crossed his face. As soon as that defender cleared and Greg Olson put his right foot in the ground, Russell delivered a strike. And like Olson said, all he had to do was put his hands up and it just stuck. It was nice to see Greg get on the stat sheet early. Oh, absolutely. And like you said, he was a strike. That was a 99-mile-hour fastball for <laughs> sure. And I just love to see it. Greg is a consummate professional. He's got one of the best hands among tight ends in the league. So it's good to get him involved early because I think that tight end group can be one of the best in the NFL for sure. Yes, sir. Freddie Swain had a one catch for 17. Nice to see the rookie do his thing. Also had a fumble recovery on special teams. This is the sleeper. It's a Freddie Swain. And we, we spoke to Pete Carroll earlier today, and he's like, look, he's going to help on special teams. He can play every position. This is a guy, again, that isn't going to be forced to make plays right now, but he is making plays right now. So whatever you get out of this guy is just going to be extra. And I, I love how much he played. While he only had the one reception, he was out there quite a bit, which is nice. Yeah. And I think um, I think getting all that experience that he can get uh, is going to be great for him. And I just hope he was able to keep that football. Jacob Hollister had one catch for nine. Will Disley had two catches for eight. Tight ends are active. Only one who didn't get a catch was Luke Wilson, and we're not expecting Luke to get a lot of balls on his way anyway. He's more of a blocking guy. So even with the addition of Greg Olson, the rest of these tight ends are going to have opportunities to make plays. Absolutely. Uh, Jacob Hollister proved last year that he's a great receiving threat out of the backfield. Disley has um, obviously proven that with the amount of touchdowns he has, and I just love seeing him out there, man. After what he's had to deal with back-to-back years with some of the most devastating injuries a football player can ever endure, for him to be back ready to go week one, still looking good in the offense, is great to see. 
Good to see. To round it up, Travis Homer had two catches for four yards. That was a surprise to me. I thought DJ Dallas was going to be the guy. But experience means something. And he is a kick returner. So you bring more value. You have some experience. These guys are going to take a chance on you. I'm sure he want more reps. He want more footballs thrown his way or more carries. But end of the day, you're a second-year guy. You're playing behind two guys who rushed for 1,000 yards last year. You'll take what you can get. Oh, absolutely. And I think I think there's going to be time for DJ Dallas, man. We know what he can do. He proved it in camp. He was getting a lot of reps uh, going against the number one defense. I think DJ is going to be a special guy as well. And he just gets to sit back and learn right now. I think he gets to learn from some really good running backs. He's got he played at Miami with Travis Homer. So I think this is a great time for him to soak up as much as he can. And uh, Travis Homer has been a year under his belt. And like you said, he can help us a little bit more right now. So I think uh, I think that was good to see. All right, that was the receiver roundup. Now we are headed to the coach's corner. Four-man rush. Russ looks. He's going to lay it up over the top. He's got a man down there. It's Metcalf. He's got it. Touchdown, Seahawks. On fourth down and five, Russ takes the snap, stands back there like a patient man and waits, and 14 gets open for six. A 38-yarder. Holy smoke. You guys are covering DK Metcalf with one man. Forget about it. He beats him for six. Bump, what'd you see on this play, man? Oh, my goodness. I One, I saw an Atlanta Falcons defense that got way too hyped over a stop on third down. I saw a quarterback in Russell Wilson that was so calm and composed. He looks to the sideline. He gets the nod. I'm sure there was like, you ever see those NBA commercials back in the day where a guy finishes a fast break, but then he points to the guy who passes him the ball. Then that guy points to the guy who rebounds the ball. Then that guy points to the guy who locked down on defense. It was a, a line of events that happened that allowed this big play to happen. So before the play, that's what I saw. During the play, I saw DK attack the inside. Now, on a goal route, a lot of the times you're taught or you're told to go outside of this guy. But the fact that he took an inside release lets me know that he wasn't concerned about that safety. Where was that safety? It was probably on the other side of the field. When you have DK lined up by himself on one side, you're going to have two to three receivers on the other side of the field. When you play a one high team, that safety is going to cheat to that side a bit more because they need more help over there. So I see him attack the defender. He uses his hands, which I think he's going to get even better at, at releasing, uses his hands to get around the defender and stacks the DB. That's the most important thing. Instead of going inside and then getting squeezed to that safety that you're trying to stay away from, he gets inside and gets back on top of that receiver. And then Russell just drops a dime. I mean, all he had to do, he could have closed his eyes and put his hands out there and would have dropped in there. It was a gutsy call and way to execute. That play showed a bunch of chemistry between DK and Russell Wilson. I mean, they built that chemistry all summer. We've heard about it a much, how, how Russ taught DK how to swim this summer. They worked out yep. all year during quarantine, and it co comes up in plays like that in a big situation. And for Russ to see those guys celebrating, I know you guys got to stop on third down, but as any football player kind of knows, if you let your guard down, so they celebrated, they think they're done, and they look over, oh, no punt team? Oh, scramble, get back on the field. Your mind's not yep. right. So I, I yep. think that was great from, from Shoddy and from Russ being like, hey, let's take advantage of this. We can throw this go route in my sleep. They do it every day at practice. Been doing it all summer. Comes out in the game. Man, that had to kill their morale. Mm -hmm. They're so juiced. It looked like they're running down to take those pictures, you know, that <laughs> yeah. people take after a big play. You know, chin straps are off. They have to buckle them back up, get back in it. Yep. They can never let your guard down, especially against the Seahawks. So that was Coach's Corner. The best thing. What's the best thing we saw? I, I, You know, I think that people listening could answer this question before we even say the best <laughs> thing course. we saw was number 33. That's a grown man out there. 
He plays fast. He lets you know about it. He makes the play people don't expect you to make. He flies downhill. I saw him take on a lineman and just stall him up. I mean, Jamal Adams was was everywhere. Super impressive. Uh, I'm happy that the Hawks made the move to get this guy. All you doubters out there, go ahead and buy your number 33 jersey. The guy is real. Oh, no question about it. And we talked about it. Obviously, we talked about him a ton on this podcast. His How he elevates everyone else around him is what makes him incredibly special. We know what he can do physically. We know he's locked in. We know he's locked in in the film room and everything that he does. But he elevates everyone else in that secondary. And that's the best thing you can ask for. Because now you pair him with Bobby, elevating everyone else as well. The standard is going to continue to rise for this defense. And if you talk to any one of them, they're ta- they would tell you how much better they can play than they did on Sunday. So this is just the beginning. Jamal Adams, number 33, special dude. Special dude. Another best thing we saw was Russell Wilson picked up where he left off last year. I didn't think he could reach another level, but it looks like that's what he's doing. You surround him with talent. You have a new offensive line. Third year with with Shoddy. Uh, They're vibing. They're in a groove right now. Russell Wilson looks like the best quarterback in the league. He looked better than Mahomes this week. Now it's week by week. Got to prove it every single week. But he looked better than the guy that people are always trying to put over him at the at the QB spot. Absolutely, I mean he he showed everything that he's got in his arsenal. Incredibly efficient, ran the ball, did everything he needed to do, changed stuff at the line of scrimmage, throws the deep ball. Russell, I'm hoping this year he finally gets his MVP. Everyone out there, uh, I hope you're satisfied with his level of cooking. This weekend, I said it like that. I said what I said because he's been doing it all season long. So just expect that from Russ week in and week out. Love to see it. Expect it. The Hawks are 1-0. and Now the New England Patriots make their way to the Northwest to take on the squad. Appreciate you guys listening. It's been real. I'm Michael Bumpus with Nasa Chobie. That was Hawk Talk Recap Edition. We'll talk to you guys soon.